Welcome to Simple Theology Podcast, a podcast connecting theology to everday life. I'm Robert Kane. I'm Robert Kane's friend. Good grief. Call me Rick. Rick Romick. Yep. Thanks for it. joining the show. Yeah, good glad, to have you. Good to be back in the studio. Glad to be. Glad you had some time for us. You know, glad you. Uh, is it the royal we? You said us. What's that? Glad, glad I had some. Me time and the for, listeners. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you're yeah. always busy. You're yeah, just you know, jet setting you, around. You get into that a yeah. couple times. I'm so. Glad you're here for a few well, minutes. You'll hear about that. <laughs> um, what are we getting into today, Rick? Well, we're talking about Rob's travel schedule. Well, we we're do gonna get into that. Talk about uh, Hillsong Church yep. and some of the stuff going on there. Hillsong no longer Rob's, united. Rob got canceled this week, which is a big deal. Lost and several book deals, which is a little bit bigger, but not much bigger. The Supreme Court case that's coming this Uh, way. Yeah, only a little bit bigger. What up, what up? Rob. Hey. What's up? How you doing? I'm good, man. I'm really good. Got some coffee. Got some coffee. Listeners, you can't see this, but Rob has a super cool coffee mug I, for super cool people. Are you talking about the one that you're using or the one that I'm using? Well, this one I have that I'm using is has the face. So you're of, implying that you're the super cool person yeah, in the room, pretty much. John okay. Knox, who died 500 years ago, almost. I, um, well, actually, he was born about 500 years ago. But anyway, no, the one that you have—it's got his bust on it. <laughs> I've always thought that was a strange term. People will be like, oh yeah, you can buy a Calvin bust. bust. <laughs> it's like a book. Whose bust is on my mug? <laughs> Listen, I'll tell you whose bust. It's I'll John t- Knox's bust. <laughs> tell you what. Tell me what's in your kid. You better get your bust out of here. No baby. Dug on it. Uh, anyway. Um, that was a mug from 20 Schemes. Yeah, dude. That, scheming it up. 20 we, Schemes. We got from T for G. Give us a five seconds on 20 schemes. That's about as much as I can give. So nope, five seconds is up. All right. <laughs> They're a, I believe, a church planting organization. Yes. For in Scotland. Scotland. For um, like the projects. Yeah. They over there they call them schemes rather than projects. Mm-hmm. So government housing complexes. Yeah. Yeah. So Rob, the mug that you have though. Um, yes, travel it, it, mug. It's so it's. I'm going to describe this for the listener. It's cylindrical. Mm, tall, so far, so good. Taller, dark. It has a cap. When the cap's on it, it almost looks like a Bluetooth speaker. It does. Which I kind of like that. I thought that as but well. But then you take the cap off. This is me taking it off. Mm, listen <laughs> to that. And there's like, there's a little, um, you know, the, the thing that goes to the bottom of the sink, the drain? Yep. That's, that's what's in there. A strainer. A strainer of sorts. And that is to prevent the liquid that is inside from splashing out that's right when using said mug so i was actually using this while we were going for a walk yeah and i had a drink in you here were testing it that's right and i mm-hmm. had the lid off so i wanted to take a drink and i have both hands on the stroller yeah and we of course on the sidewalk like every few feet there's a bump because mm. the way they do it and some of the bumps are bigger than others mm. such is life is it not <laughs> and i hit one and didn't get I expected it to splash all over my yeah. hand, and it didn't. I was like, wow. oh, there it is in action. Well done. Well done. You can still drink out of it, but there's a splash guard on there. So A splash nice. guard for your coffee cup. That's what very nice. What will they think yeah. of next? So, um, Nathan Golden, a uh, guy that I'm supposed to meet up with later today, he did recommend this to me. And Good it's job, a, Nathan. what is it, from Fellow Industries? But what is T4G? Is that a sexist thing? <laughs> I don't think so. Fellow always seems like a masculine, like... Two fellows. You don't so think of does, two like ladies. The, think the two men. Um, logo is a circle uh-huh. and a bow tie. So like the circle yeah, representing someone's head and a bow tie. So they have like really swanky coffee material or coffee okay. equipment. And he highly recommended it. And then someone gifted me an Amazon gift card. And I said, well, shucks darn. If this is on Amazon, <laughs> then I'm going to. You should give me that PG rating. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and get a mug. So uh, one I thing, did. I've never said this about you, Rob, but I think you get more Amazon gift cards than anyone I know. Well, <laughs> I'm certainly not complaining about yeah, that. No, no, it's good. <laughs> Amazon gift cards good. are great. It's, maybe it's a love language. For well, you. You, you can't use it to pay bills. That's so right. It forces you, a, you. Someone gives you yeah. just a straight up gift card. You're like, well, maybe I should use this to get dog food or right. buy groceries or do something Practical. responsible with it. Someone yeah. gives you an Amazon gift card. 
I mean, no, what do you, no what practical do you want? thing on Amazon. I'm <laughs> not buying groceries on Amazon. <laughs> or dog food. Though. I did get a coffee mug and yes. a shirt. Good. So good. Very, very grateful for that. Well, I like it, Rob. Um, yeah. One thing I, I, I meant to bring up, um, it was just listeners. So you guys know it's hard to get this time to record with Rob because Rob's always jet setting somewhere. Oh my. Um, call him. Tarmac Rob. Yeah. Because, um, yeah, Rob, how, I mean, what are you, you're here for day two and then you head to the Carolinas again for day two. A day or two and then you're out. Yeah. Right? Is that, uh, and, so and the, then you guys said you guys are, you, you're looking for a new pastor in your church. Right. right? That's it. <laughs> so we're just going to be there. Uh huh. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> this is like Happy Ranching here. <laughs> the funny thing is, is that, no, but it's true. Ronnie you Martin guys are looking for someone. Is a part. No, we're not. <laughs> Well, Ben emailed me. He said, do you know if there's a guy who's more local? Is there a guy? <laughs> well, we brought Rob on full time. We, <laughs> we didn't think. No. But you just had several conferences and stuff. And, yeah. And you're going to... You're going to... So the first half of the year has been crazy. Um, yeah. Because in February, the church network we're part of, Harbor, yeah. had a thing for guys like, hey, if you planted, if you're in the first five years of planting... We would like you to come to this thing just so we can do some training and mm-hmm. give you some couple days away. Did that. And then I went yeah. to a preaching workshop yeah. in Louisville to get better at preaching, which I, I hope is paying off. <laughs> and so well. then in March, took some guys down to DC to do some, to go to a weekender, which yeah. is like a four or five day thing where you just kind of get to see the inner workings of a, an established church. Mm-hmm. And then April was T4G. Well, there you Pastors go. Conference. Very encouraged by that. And now May, our church network mm-hmm. has a lead pastor and wife. So it doesn't have to be for church planters. If yeah. you're just the lead pastor and the wife, we want to get you instead of doing that. Lead pa- first, lead pastor and first wife. Right. <laughs> That's right. They get particular. Yeah. yeah I also do need to clear <laughs> Lead pastor and wives. It's not because it could have said all lead of your pastors. wives. Bring all of them. I know, no, that's pastors, what I'm saying. Bring your first wife. <laughs> <laughs> exactly um uh, lead pastors who are in a faithful monogamous relationship <laughs> their wife is allowed to come as well yeah and then in june we have our denominations annual gathering yeah. where we get to do denominational business yeah and then i go on a lull then we have uh, no travel summer. for a while yeah wow but yeah, it's been a lot of church stuff which i've loved yeah i mean i used to have to like it's great doing use all my stuff. PTO for yeah. for work. Yeah. And Danielle was like, "Well, we'd love to go on a vacation. Use PTO for that." Yeah, and we would. I would make sure that there was always enough for that. But thankfully, I'm not juggling multiple things now, and get to take guys to trainings and invest. Yeah. So there you go. Well, we're well, glad setting. you're back. Thank you. Yeah, glad you're back. Thanks Rob. for giving me the opportunity to defend yeah. myself. Yeah, no, and I think you needed to let everybody know that I'm not in Cancun. <laughs> Oh, so that makes it okay because you're not cake. That's it. No, but yeah, glad you're glad you're able to do that. It's one of the blessings of vocational ministry. Um, Yeah, but very grateful, very grateful. Anyways, what are we getting into today, Rick? Well, I'm uh, on the topic, so I know I'm asking you. (laughs) Go ahead, if you remember. um, Yeah, so we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna talk about. Don't make anything up here. (laughs) Be obligated. (laughs) Okay, so here's the first thing I wanted. No, I got. Okay, okay, you go. Have you come up with something? No, I have mine, but you go for you go you first. Know, you don't get to throw any topics out. This is my show. Okay. My topics. The okay. next episode we record well, is your show. Do you, your have, do, you, do you care what order they go in? Uh, no. Okay. I don't. Hillsong. Okay. All right. That so is- Hillsong is just as it sounds. There's a hill in Australia mm-hmm. from which they sing songs. One song. A song, and it now regionally around the world, there's several hills where they still sing. <laughs> One song. One song. What we're finding out is those hills are crumbling. They are crumbling indeed. Sadly. So. And some. What was the platform that just released the documentary? Was it? I have no idea. It was like Discovery Plus or okay, something like maybe. that. All these. Pluses. Yeah, all these channels C- coming CNN out Plus. Their own. Yeah, that didn't go out. <laughs> didn't go well, thankfully. But all these different places are coming out with their own streaming platforms. So I, yeah. I'm losing track now. But I think it was yeah. Discovery Plus. You sound like an old man. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> losing track of these platforms. Oh, I know. I did just spend a lot of time on the phone yesterday getting new internet. So yeah. that was fun. But speaking of platforms and internet and streaming, Discovery Plus mm-hmm. released Hillsong Exposed. Yes. And the 
I mean, so there was stuff before that as well with Carl Lentz and things coming to the surface with other yeah. pastors, um, sex scandals and cover-ups and all this wonderful stuff that comes with um, that style of mega church. And it's not not to say that I was gonna say. <laughs> not to say that the reform style yeah, uh, couldn't be involved with this as well. I mean, there's we're sinful all people. All styles have sin, right? Yeah. Um, some are more prone to these kinds of things where there's less accountability, where it's built around a celebrity type person. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I'll allow that. <laughs> I'll allow it. Sustained. <laughs> Objection. Sustained. Sustained. That's sustained. Okay. Uh, so I don't even know if I use that terminology right. No, There's probably attorneys out there that are like, this guy's an idiot. Yeah. Well, I mean, that could be. But. It could still be. Yeah. <laughs> he used it right, but he's still an idiot. The, so there's been fallout. And to yeah. the point now where, to my understanding, you can correct me here, all of the Hillsong campuses mm-hmm. um, in America have disaffiliated. Yeah, I don't with, know. I know there's been a lot of them have. I, I was under the impression that there are no more in like New York City, LA, like these are no longer Hillsong. I think that would require like Hillsong as an institution to to, to dissolve, which maybe, maybe that's happened. Because it's originally based out of Australia. Yeah. And um, the founding pastor, Brian Houston, I mean, we're using the term pastor very loosely here because I don't, yeah. I don't know how much pastoring was taking place. And I, I don't... I mean, yes, that does sound harsh, and rightfully so, but I'm not saying that to sound harsh, because yeah. I think he was more so managing the organization than yes. he was gotcha. doing pastoring work. Yeah. yeah. And so, he resigned, mm-hmm. which this stuff with Carl Lentz, stuff with other pastors, and the Discovery Plus thing, um, it all kind of just surmounted, and mm-hmm. he's now stepped away. Him and his wife, they were supposedly were co-pastors. Yeah. So... All that to say, you brought up this yeah. topic first. Lots of <laughs> shockwaves through the yeah, um, church yeah. world. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so, I mean, there's a lot of, like, more detailed stuff, like why Brian resigned. You on a first name basis? Yeah. No? Okay. <laughs> Good for you. <laughs> I talked to Carl when yeah. he resigned. Um, no, but, like, why did why did Brian Houston resign? Um, Wait, you said Houston? Houston. Houston, okay. Sorry. I thought you were thinking of John Houston with the... I know today's election day, but... <laughs> we'll we talk about that. Uh, no, but I was just like, you know, some sexual allegations from his dad's ministry that he helped cover up, all kinds of stuff. But the question, I think, I mean, is why Why is it, whether it's this thing or the Mark Driscoll thing or the James McDonald thing or just all the different pastors who their ministry seems to implode. Right. Um, and that doesn't... It doesn't discount what the Lord does, what what God does through these churches, yeah. right? Obviously not, we wouldn't say churches that are practicing things the way that we think they should be practiced, probably not as healthy as we would want or all those things. I mean, we could talk for days about that stuff, right. but the Lord does and has used these churches and even these men. Well, it's the old adage, God can draw a straight line with a crooked stick, it, whether that's with an individual, whether that's with a church. He can draw a straight line with no stick. mm you know what well, I'm saying? Dog on it. He can be more than draw a straight <laughs> That's line. Right. So I don't I don't want to discount any of those things. When you say like the ministry implodes, it's not like, oh, someone built Enron and then it shut down. Right. Right. There's there's eternal things that go on from that. But there is these ramifications of these ministries where they these they kind of self-destruct in a sense. And you there's a pattern there. There's a pattern of a lack of accountability. A lack of submission to authority, even as a lead pastor submitting to elders, or even if you don't have elders, to some people in your congregation, to some, to to other brothers um, or even sisters in Christ. So right. a submission issue. There's a a lack of integrity. There is a um, they they just um, make big personality things. Like this personality is the brand, right? And you're you're not saying that we're going to try to diminish the gospel or the scriptures and make much of Christ, but right. you're kind of subtly trying to hold Christ and the scriptures and the gospel up there, and then you're kind of pushing someone else up there kind of close as well. Yeah. So you're not pulling one down and pushing the other up, you're just kind of, let's get it kind of close. Um, and so there's the patterns of just sin, undealt with sin in our life, and I think that when the institution... And I don't mean necessarily like the church, like the, the church that gathered in Sydney, Australia on Sunday morning, right? But I mean the institution of Hillsong. Yeah. And that became more valuable than, man, there's a sin issue. 
we have a, we have a problem we need to deal with. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be people might write articles, but we got to deal with this. Right. When you start protecting people and and kind of um, covering up things, nothing good comes from that. Right. And you know, so you know someone who was in that system. Yeah, a guy who was on staff there went to their school, Hillsong School and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to say his name. What have his thoughts been? So we didn't talk much. I I talked with him a little bit about it, but pretty hurtful, pretty surprised by some of the things. Yeah. But also some like some of the stuff in the documentary was pretty accurate. Um but yeah, a lot of hurt, you know. I think that sometimes we we watch this stuff happen and it's easier with like the Mark Driscoll thing where the guy's just yelling at everyone. Right. And you you don't have a whole lot of sympathy like these men did pour into people. Right. Like it, it, they're their their father figures, their mentors. They've they've led, they've preached and proclaimed. And so to see them implode is is a is a hard thing. Even though like the Lord's bearing out things, you know. Yeah. Your sin will find you out. Yeah, for, for um, sure. But yeah, so I for a lot of hurt there, some I don't know if confusion, but it's disappointment. Yeah. Yeah. So this is kind of what I wanted to get at because you you did touch on the consistent patterns. Yeah. Where you look at Harvest Bible Chapel, James Mm -hmm. McDonald, you look at Mars Hill with Mark Driscoll, you look at Hillsong with Brian Houston, you look at these various different, we could list several there. Yeah. And all the caveats of this isn't just, so for instance, Mm -hmm. Mars Hill and Harvest Bible Chapel are going to be in a different theological camp than Hillsong. Yeah. There's yeah. going to be plenty of overlap there. Overlap, yep. Yeah, yeah. but they're not going to be in the same sphere. Right, right. Um, so the caveats of this isn't just exclusive to a certain style of ministry. Correct, yeah. However, it does seem to be more prevalent in a in a place where the things that you mentioned, lack of yeah. accountability, um, it just are more accepted. And so... What I wanted to get at, get at it, was why do you feel like the those kinds of spaces where mm-hmm. there's not a lot of accountability, it's kind of built around a central yeah. uh, figure. Why do you feel like these mm-hmm. places are um, catering to that? It might be too strong, but hopefully you get what I'm what I'm trying to get at. Why, why do you feel like this has become such a thing? Mm-hmm. Because yeah. 100 years ago, it wasn't as much of a thing. And yeah. people could throw out the example, well, what about Spurgeon, the Metropolitan Tabernacle? Like that, that was one example. Like we look now and we see. When you say what about Spurgeon? Well, one guy there. with a large ministry. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Like that model. Yeah, exactly. So are you saying, why do we see that model? Why do we see that so prevalent today? Yeah. Practicality probably is the biggest one. Um, it's just very practical to have one guy who's the boss. And who sets the pace? Here's where we're going. Here's what we're doing. You know, he's he's the captain of the ship, and you gotta obey him, yeah. or else you're off the ship. You know, right? So, um, he, you know, that's the the ability is that the the ship can then move quickly, can respond quickly, can get to its destination destination quicker, and that's the goal of right. the ship. Right. Right. So it makes sense, but that's not the goal of the church. the The goal of the church isn't to grow as much as they can numerically. The goal of the church isn't to um, do all things with excellence. We talked about this a few yeah, weeks ago. Like yeah. That's not the goal of the church. Yeah. Have a building, have a big budget. Right. The, the, the goal of the church isn't to make a name for itself or t- to use the argument that a big name or a big radio presence or a, good, a big online presence equals good ministry. Right. So I think that's part of it. Just it's efficient. It's going to be you're going to get a lot more done with one guy make call the shots. Right. The other thing is that's our that's our human nature is we want to I think as leaders we want everyone to follow us like listen to me and we'll get there. Like this will just work out a lot better if you just do what I tell you to do. Right. So, you know, it's, you kind of see that with your kids. Like, just yeah. do what I'm telling you to do. Like, it's going to go better. So true. So as leaders, like, we want to build something up. We want to we want to kind of make much of what we're building. And the, the other thing is, like, we want to follow people. 
Yeah. Like we want to follow people who know where they're going. Mm-hmm. They know what they're doing. They're not being slowed down by a committee of guys who have their own kind of ego issues. And so they don't want this right. guy getting too far ahead and all these things. Like, let's just let blaze a trail, brother. We're going to follow you. Yeah. Right. And, and we see that. And that's why this is like I'm a little bit leery of saying this, but like you see the churches that like hype. Yeah. Like they're big hypers. Like, let's all get bumper stickers, put them all the work out. Like, yes. check out what we're doing. We're, we're doing, like, this is God's God. doing work here. Yeah. Like, and, and come what, be involved in this movement. Exactly. That, all that movement language is yeah. essentially come follow this person or a few of these brands, this yeah. kind of um, idea. And it, it, it works and in the sense of numerical um, success, financial success. You feel good, all those things. So that's that'd be kind of a quick answer. Yeah, that's good. It makes me think: how many churches, hundred and fifty, two hundred, three hundred years plus ago, yeah, had a logo? Oh yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, none like, of them. Like, like, like <laughs> well, our church yeah. has a logo. I'm yeah. not against logos, but I'm saying it's become yeah. such a thing. Our church has the logos. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Your church has a logo. Yeah. Our church has the, the logos. Log <laughs> <laughs> nice. As I drink well my done. John Knox. That's right. Very <laughs> well done. Anyway, the the branding thing. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazing to me how much of American, or and I say American, Western would be a better way of saying yeah. it. Yeah. Um, corporate structure mm-hmm. has just come into the church. There's this yeah. um, idea that is an article that founders put out that. Um, a lady sent to me that is spot on, but is, is talking about theoretical inerrantists and is saying essentially during the conservative resurgence mm-hmm. within the SBC, we got like the big thing was the inerrancy and infallibility of scripture. Yeah. And we got so, since the conservative resurgence was successful, we all kind of took for granted the inerrancy of scripture. Yeah. And so we all kind of say, yeah, we believe that scripture is inerrant, that it's uh, profitable for teaching, reproof, mm-hmm. correction, training, yeah. righteousness. And, but then we'll say, um, but we're not going to organize our worship services around mm-hmm. what scripture says. Yeah. We're not going to use the terminology that, so we, we're not going to call him an elder um, or a deacon. We'll call him something else because yeah. it's more culturally relevant. It's like, wait, wait a second. Like if the scriptures truly are inerrant, yeah, then you should like that. That is the that's the way without error. Yeah, you should be submitting everything mm-hmm. you do personally and as a church to what the scriptures right. say. Yeah, but if you're a theoretical inerrantist, then it's like, well, yeah, of course the scriptures are inerrant, but dot dot dot. Right, and it's like, wow, this is this is really yeah touching something here. The yeah. idea of being a theoretical that's a good point inerrantist. Yeah, because you make a big jump when you when you're like. Yeah, affirm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's an errant word of God all there. And you're like, so what what do you like do with on Sunday mornings? Or, or how do you live your life? Right. You know? And when Jesus says, You call me Lord, Lord, but you don't do what I say. Yeah. Yes. I mean, for all of us. Yeah. That's, of course. That, like, this isn't like we're not immune to exactly. this. Exactly. Like that's what we're contending against. Right. But it doesn't help our own fight against those things if even as a church functions in a way that does seem contrary or not found in scripture right yeah right so bringing it back to the the hillsong thing like that whole mentality of okay we're going to claim that the scriptures are inerrant yeah however we're going to do this a little bit differently yeah we're going to do this a little bit differently we're going to do this a little bit differently and eventually you do enough of those things Mm -hmm. you have more of an of a Western organization yeah, than yeah. you do a church. Yeah. And with that, you have the organization structures yep. of president, CEO yep. at the top yep. and other executives. C-level executives yep. who are going to support what your yep. vision and direction is for the church. And then you've got a bunch of employees yeah. and they don't have final authority over you. You have final authority over them. Yeah. And I'm not at all saying that elders shouldn't exercise authority. Scriptures right. are clear there. However, based off... Matthew 18, mm-hmm. based off of Matthew 16, based off of 1 Corinthians 5, yeah. or 1 Corinthians 6, and 2 Corinthians 2, like, I would say that the congregation, at the end of the day, has the final authority. Yeah. And so, when you build this organization, yeah. 
and have these charismatic personalities. I don't mean theologically charismatic. I mean, guys who can draw a crowd. Yeah. You begin to say, hey, you know what? Let's overlook the pastoral qualifications. Yeah. In First Timothy 3 and Titus 1, Exodus right. 18, 1 Peter 5. Like, let's overlook those. Yeah. Because this guy can get a crowd. Yeah. And this guy, like, they'll be self-sustaining. They'll be tithing back to the denomination. And, and we've seen this mm-hmm. in the SBC with the move toward pragmatism yeah. with church planting, mm-hmm. where we're not going to be as robust on whether or not the guy meets the scriptural qualifications for a pastor. Yeah. But is this guy entrepreneurial? Yep. You're right. And if he's entrepreneurial, then he can draw a crowd and they'll be self-sustaining and will no, eventually... Numbers are good. Numbers are good. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there is, there's, there's a hardness, a difficulty in, in the life of the church in that you're called to uh, to plant. It's to use like an agrarian analogy that scripture uses a lot. Like to plant, to water, tend to it, pull weeds. Right. And you see fruit different times, different to different um degrees. Right. But it, it is like a it's a it's a patient, it's a waiting thing. And so you're this it's slow and and it's hard and it's toilsome and we're just gonna gather again. We just did this last like six days ago, seven days ago. We're gonna gather again, we're gonna sing some songs, we're gonna hear mm-hmm. a guy talk about the same thing, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And so there becomes this when you when you miss when you when you don't understand or you miss the the way the church is laid out or the call the Christian call, you just get really bored. Yeah. You get very bored, like, where's where's the things that were happening when Jesus was walking through the earth? Or even when we read Acts, why isn't that happening here? Right. And there there is some legitimate questions to ask there, but we always ask that question in regard to miraculous things, not moral things. Right. We don't ask, well... That's good. Why is everyone, you know, why isn't everyone being more gracious? Why why am I so prone to, to lust or to judge or to be, to show favoritism? Well, that's not what Christ... We're not asking that question. We're like, where's the miracles? Mm -hmm. So, and, you know, I think that we get bored with it. So then we feel like, well, let's reinvent this. Let's, let's add some things. Let's change some things. And I feel like that's where we begin to go wrong is we think, yeah, the Bible's great, but we need to contextualize it for us and what that looks like. Well, people go to concerts here and people, you know, stream or whatever. So you become dissatisfied with this idea of church that you, just kind of inherited, but you need to always search the scriptures. This is what's in the scriptures. Right. And then you need to trust that. Mm-hmm. You need to submit to it. You need, you need to trust it and believe that it's going to bear out God's fruit on God's time. Yeah. And be faithful. That's good. I, I was listening to a video, and maybe I've mentioned this on the podcast before, I don't know, but I was listening to a video of a guy who, he's Benny Hinn's nephew, Costi Hinn. And he was interviewing a guy who was in like the more seeker sensitive, mm-hmm. attractional, pragmatic movement. And he said that the measure of success, like the reason those things are so easy is because of the measure of success. You get people there, yeah. you get self-sustainable, you get um, a budget, a building, givings up, all that stuff. It feels successful. Even yeah. baptisms like yep. feels like yeah. successful. And And all the caveats that I need to say about we love the SBC. We're in the SBC. We're a part of Send Network. Like, I'm not trying to poo-poo on them, but these are prevalent things. Rob, your funding's going to dry up. You keep exactly. this up. Um, the, the, these are prevalent things in many yes. spheres. Yeah. Cool. And, yep. and yep. we're not exempt from it. Mm-hmm. The thing that he pointed out that I thought was so insightful, he said, the measure of success cannot be any of those things, not even baptisms or conversions. Yeah. Because ultimately, the Lord is the one who provides the harvest. That's right. You can't do that. You can manipulate people, and you can get people to quote unquote make decisions. He said, "But that's your manipulation. Yeah. Like it's you cannot force yeah. heart change." Yeah. He said, "The primary measure of success mm-hmm. needs to be the holiness of your people. Yeah, godliness. Are they understanding who God is mm-hmm. from the Word? Yeah. And are they submitting themselves to Him? Yeah. Like, are your people growing in holiness?" Not that you want to be a fundamentalist, sending up all true these legalisms. Holiness. Yeah, yeah, true holiness. Yeah. yeah. Do they are they gaining a better understanding of who God is, yeah. and are they submitting themselves to Him? Yeah. Which I thought was great. So, yeah. final question on this, and then we need to yeah. move on. Yeah. When it comes to Hillsong or any church like that, mm-hmm. and 
speak to like the average church member here and then speak to pastors. So I don't know how many pastors we have listening, but you and I are pastors. And so if there is one or two other pastors out there listening, I imagine most people listening to us are church members. When uh, that something like that happens, yeah, whether it's to Hillsong, whether it's to another church yeah. like that yeah. in your town, mm-hmm. and there are people who are leaving the church now and they're showing up to yours, what's the yeah. what's the pastoral response for mm. the the pastor? And then what's the brother and sisterly response for those individuals who are at healthier churches that these people are now coming to? Oh, that's a big question, Rob. That's what we do here on Simple Theology. We ask big <laughs> questions to big people. Rick's been gaining think, weight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a little bit of a sensitive subject, okay? <laughs> you look good, man. You look great. Well, I've, I've actually maintained the same weight for about five and a half years good now. Good for you, see? Well, that's good. I just have... <laughs> anyway, yeah, um, I think that first for, for both pastors and parishioners, uh, nice. <laughs> um, I think a lot of humility. You know, That's we good. we preached out of Titus uh, this Sunday, and and t- Paul's telling like re- remind them to be obedient and remind them what they were saved from hmm. foolishness, darkness. Now I'm not saying Christians who come from church are lost. I'm just saying we as Christians are to be marked as uh, humble people. So our heart should not be well. We knew just a matter of time. Yeah, we knew. You know, right, right. You know, That's good. you guys were suckers. Yeah. Or hey, I'm glad that you guys are finally delivered from like such oppression or um such manipulation. Right. Or I'm glad you're finally you come to the light. You came to like a, a good yeah. church welcome. Right. But you're talking to people who have their church family and if they're pra- trying to practice good church life, your church is super significant in your life. It's huge. Yeah. It should be huge. And so they're taking a massive loss. They're yeah. heartbroken. Yep. They're confused. And so be kind, be gentle. Um, listen to them if they want to talk. This isn't a time for you to tell them why everything that Hillsong did was wrong or right. how they, you know, it's none of that. You just you hear their heart. Uh, and then you, if you're gonna, if you're going to encourage them, you're going to encourage them to forgive, mm-hmm. not on your timeline, but you're going to encourage them to forgive. And to the, the Lord still moves and He's working, and all those things. And then as they heal and as they as they're growing, you you want to help guard their heart from because we we see this where people will come like, oh, this church is great, you guys are preaching, da, da, da. and they they kind of want to start to rag on. That's it, right? Yeah. And yeah. I you want to help them process, but you don't want to be a place where now we all just rag on all the churches yeah, we came you from. You don't want to be a church bashing. No, church. not at all, not at all. And so so just on a pastoral level to encourage them and then for the individual to, to trust the scriptures, yeah. trust um, the scriptures. There is no perfect church. You will, you, you got burnt at that church. You're going to go to a new church. You will get hurt and burnt again. Yeah. Um, but hopefully it's with more mature believers who can repent of their sin, all those different things, submit to the scriptures, trust the Lord and be patient. Um, and I think that, you know, the church, the people who come to your church, they're going to learn more by you practicing out healthy church rather than telling them what a healthy church, right? What a healthy church your church is, and what an unhealthy church they came from, right? But practicing those things out, um, and then yeah, being patient and kind, and um, yeah, that would, that's uh, be my answer, I guess. That's good. We we went a long time there. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like thirty four minutes. Jeez, Whew, hot diggity. Big topic, okay. big big deal. Well, so we can go a little quicker through these next two. Yeah, let's let's breeze. Let's, let's breeze through it. Okay, uh, not not too quickly though. Okay, we want to we want to give the listeners more content. Now that we're give releasing them. these only once every two weeks, give what they're paying for. That's right. Some of them are. I know. So thank I know. you to those who are. So for you guys and you guys only, we're <laughs> going to have a longer episode here. <laughs> so oh, that's good. The uh, okay. So the next thing that I had on here yes was a one of my favorite theologians. John Piper. Okay. Yes. Uh, has several kiddos. Yeah. Several, several <laughs> <Kiddos>. children. <laughs> they are no longer kiddos. He has some offspring. Yeah. <laughs> I think he has like four sons and a daughter. Um, oh, yes. One of those sons is not a believer. And he's very outspoken about it. Yeah. Um, I pray for him, genuinely. Abraham Piper. And 
I heard somebody talking about him. Um, or no, I was, I was, I saw something that he posted on Instagram. So I mm-hmm. follow him on Instagram, not because I'm supporting what he does, <laughs> but because <laughs> you're endorsing him. Right, okay. That's right. Okay. But because I am interested to hear his takes yeah. on things yeah. because it helps me better understand how to preach to somebody in that stage. Yes. Like militant atheist. Yeah. Is he a militant atheist? He's very, yeah. He's, combative. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so he'll post these videos. Doug Wilson will respond to them with okay. his own video, and it's always entertaining. But um, he's posting something you about... You think Abraham watches Doug's videos? Probably not, no. <laughs> okay. But, I mean, and, I, I, and here's the reason why. <laughs> so he um, posts something about how somebody on Twitter commented on his thing. And I was like, yeah, I totally agree with the person who commented, not right. what you're saying here. But I want to go see this. So I go to find him on Twitter. I'm like, he's not even on Twitter. I'm like, what the heck? Mm. And so I'm looking and looking. I'm like, I am almost certain he's on Twitter. Yeah. And so I had to do some digging. He wasn't coming up in my searches because I had been blocked oh. by him. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. This guy doesn't know me from Adam. Mm. Why in the world would he block me yeah. on Twitter? And yeah. I don't, I really don't think it was a personal thing. I think he just went through anyone who follows either his dad or desiring God and anyone who follows him or that ministry as well as abraham piper yeah yeah i think abraham's just like block 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 because he didn't want to engage with these people okay so i'm not on said twitter thing but we're gonna talk about it later um looking forward to that maybe next episode but as do you have that ability like did he have to go into your profile and see who you follow or does it show like common I'm not good on social media, man. I, I don't even like, have social media a ton of work. on my phone anymore because yeah. I was spending too much time on it. Yeah. And not not because I'm good at it, but because You're I was trying like, to find Bar- or Abraham. Abraham. <laughs> I had to spend forever trying to find Abraham. It took me six weeks. <laughs> no. He did not lead you right. <laughs> out of That's the promised right. land. <laughs> He's not living up to his name. <laughs> or he is just in a very poor sense on the other side. Yeah. So Leading people away. So anyway, so he blocks you. Yeah, blocked and you and you didn't realize this. I, and so I and looked at offended. I looked at my Twitter and yeah. I searched my tweets. There's a way to do that. Okay. And so I searched my tweets to see if I ever once mentioned him or anyone else wow. named Abraham yeah. in a tweet. No results. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like I did nothing to this guy. Abraham has a large part of the Bible. You didn't tweet about that at all. I don't believe so. Okay, okay. believe it or not, um, at least not with mm. the word Abraham in it. <laughs> and so I'm like, man. This, what is going on? Abrahamic? <laughs> I'm guessing he just blocked anyone who yeah. is following him that also follows or, his dad's stuff. Or he actually does not, like you specific. There was something about you. There's no way he knows me. But this, this guy, Maybe. I mean, he's Maybe. like multimillionaire. Like yeah. just wildly, quote unquote, successful in the world's eyes. Because he started this blog, I think it was called 22 Words. Yeah. And every day he would blog 22 Words. Wow, that's impressive. And the idea caught on. A lot of people started going to his site. And then turned it into Twitter. <laughs> that's right. And then he sold it for, I think, millions and has bought another company. Da, 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 okay. So the guy has a lot of people following him. Yes. And I am sure with as busy as he probably is and all those people, he has no idea who I am. Yeah. yeah. So that's why I think they did it the way they did. Okay. But I want to talk about cancel culture in general. Okay. Now we're getting to this. Yeah. So okay. Abraham Piper. It, he canceled you. He he disciplined he me. You. <laughs> he excommunicated me from his life. Wow. And um, but God, he did it on a very cancel culture style. So my mm, perception, and tell me if this culture. has legs. My perception is that cancel culture. Yes. And this is me thinking out loud here. Yeah. So you can <laughs> you can rebuke me here. Mm, I love you. Have permission. Rebuke. You have permission to do Thank that. You. you have permission to rebuke to resort. Or With all authority. Yeah, exactly. I will not let you disregard me. <laughs> Thank you. And, and so my perception mm-hmm. is that cancel culture, when you just cancel somebody or yes. block somebody like that, yeah. it is fruit of a deep sense of insecurity that you cannot even have this person be allowed to comment on anything. I had no desire to comment on Abraham's yeah. stuff. I just wanted to see this interaction he was talking about. Yeah. Never have commented on his stuff. Right. Never right. said anything about him. Like, and I get it. If somebody's harassing you, block yeah, that person. Yeah. But to just block somebody yeah. because they disagree with you or because right. you're assuming that they disagree with you, which he was probably assuming correctly. <laughs> Correction? Yeah, sorry. Just speaks volumes to me of yeah. insecurity. Like yes. th- there are people yeah. that in my life I yeah. would love to block. 
Mm. Like I would like to Let's hear some names. Not, <laughs> yeah. I would not like to see any of their stuff. I'd like to US brooding. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen, so he'll know won't appreciate that. He'll hear it from That's right. My boy Greg. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Let him know, Greg. So there, there there are people that I wish I could just be like, ah, like forget them. Yes. But I'm like, yeah, you know what? Like, what difference is it? Right, right. You know, like I I got you. Yeah. So so here's my thought. I have a couple of uh, take on Am this. Am I on to something? Am well, I just I, a little well, bit off? Am I, I way wanna, off? Tell me. I don't, you know. Reprieve your rebuke exhort. Yeah. So I know you've been doing a lot of traveling. <laughs> a lot of jet setting. <laughs> I don't think you're, <laughs> I don't think you were canceled. <laughs> I think, I think you were blocked. <laughs> I'm not referring to me canceled. <laughs> I think you just got blocked, Rob. You make okay? it sound like you're not, I just lost you're like not, a book deal or something. You're not big enough to be canceled. Right. I'm just saying the, the idea of no, I like, got you. we do cancel culture yes, with, yeah. so, with so, more notable people than myself. Right. But I'm yeah. just saying like the idea of just canceling somebody out of your yeah. life or out yeah. of your social media yeah. because you disagree with them or mm -hmm. you think you'll disagree with them. Yeah. It is. It's a fear move. Probably 99% of the time. Mm -hmm. Because... Yeah, it's one thing to say, this person's toxic, I need them out of my life. That's blocking, or that's a relational thing. Cancel culture, as we're saying, is saying, I don't like what they have to say, therefore I will strip them of the ability to have a voice to say it in. With, right. Right, so you can't be on social media, we're like, I let you speak at our university, we're like, we're going to cancel, literally, your speaking engagements. Right. We're going to cancel your career as best we can through just like... um the mob, essentially. Right. Bring enough people to cancel you. So so that's cancel culture. I think it's on its way out. I hope so. In the civil sense. I think it's in its way in its way out in the most like um like broad. Like let's just cancel this person. Oh, let's cancel that person. You know, it's like everyone's getting canceled. That's on the way out. But we're seeing I, that with Johnny Depp. I think what's getting coming in is probably more like robust. Like um just as culture progresses because more secular the, you know, in America in 2022, you can be canceled and you lose your platform, right? In Russia in 1948, you don't get canceled, you get killed. Right. right? I'm not saying everyone's just going to like be killed here, but there's a there's a stark difference between how the government or the power responds. Right now, it's the people kind of. Right. I could see that in the future potentially changing to become more authoritarian. Point is. With cancel culture, it is a fear. It's a fear that you're going to say something that people are going to agree with that I disagree with. Right. I'm in a position of power, and I don't want you taking my power. Right. So it's Which everyone exercises that with their own social media. Yep. Right? Yep. Like, this is right. my Platforms. little domain. Yep. Yeah. So, in one sense, do whatever you want with it. Like, yeah. I don't I don't really care. But yeah. in another sense, it's like, man, I sense yeah. insecurity here. Yep. And, I mean, and we, it, it makes me think that... Yeah you are not as convinced in your position as you claim to be. Right. Because you're not willing to hear from people who would say something different. Yeah. And just to reiterate, I have had no desire of commenting on any of the stuff. Right. Like, but you're hurt by it. I I'm see, not trying I to take this. social media fights. Well, I think the thing is, like, the reality of truth has been done away with. Right. Right. So, so truth is, is a bygone idea. And so now that that's gone... We're no longer having ideas about what's true and what's not true. It's what's hurtful, what's harmful. Mm. And that's all uh, subjective. Yeah. Have you read Strange New World? I have not. Carl Truman, he talks about that. But I think that that's, that's that idea of like, we, this is, you're a position of power and you think it's harmful for anyone to say anything bad about LGBTQ issues yeah. or anything bad about, um, you know, gas prices or whatever it right. is. Right. And therefore, I'm going to, label that as hurtful and then we can't have that anymore right it's hurtful it's very petty it's very immature and it's all fear driven yeah there you go all right um anything else on that barnabas oh, sorry barnabas abraham if you're listening <laughs> we know you are please uh please let rob follow you again there, there's nothing i'd rather do <laughs> than see your tweets <laughs> just wants to see a tweet man yeah. right. okay the last thing that i have here yeah and uh, i mean this is fresh off the press yes i mean the papers are still hot but yeah um it would appear mm -hmm. this is tuesday and late last night yeah politico released a leaked yeah um majority opinion mm -hmm. of the supreme court on the Dobbs case. 
Yeah. And it appears that the Supreme Court is going to be doing a complete overthrow. Yeah. Complete repudiation. Yeah. Of Roe and of Casey. Roe yeah. v. Wade and K- Casey v. Planned Parenthood. Mm-hmm. Which is incredible news. Yeah. I mean, praise God. Because now, yeah. now the idea or the topic of abortion mm-hmm. will go back to the states. And yep. several states mm-hmm. have trigger laws in effect where as yep. soon as that happens, abortion is illegal. Yeah. And I don't really know where I want to go with it other than, yeah. I mean. It's a thing. Yeah. This is, this is massive. Yes. And so here's one way we can go with it is this got leaked. Yeah. Which is really the first time in Supreme Court history where a um, case opinion has been mm-hmm. leaked before the case has actually been decided. Mm. and Mueller was talking about that on the briefing this morning and the reason behind it because they say that that it's likely it appears to be and they said they said names he he wasn't going to say names on there because nothing's confirmed but it appears that one of the clerks for one of the liberal judges released this Mm -hmm. and there'll be an investigation I'm sure but with the hopes that it could rouse public opinion to pressure the justices to yeah. change their mind because yeah. the case has not yet been decided, yeah. but an opinion has been written. And so if this gets out, people will freak out up in arms, make threats to the justices and their families. And then all of a sudden they say, well, maybe I will change. Yeah. And then it ends up not being yeah. what it appears it's going to be. So yeah. b- before we even talk about it, yes. if you're listening, pray that the judges would be resolved mm-hmm. in what that opinion said. Yeah. Um, and that Roe and Casey would be totally overturned, as yes. it appears that it's going to be. But we need to pray that the judges would stand firm in what their opinion yeah. says here. Yeah. There's a lot there. So, politically speaking, for a moment, yeah, I don't think the midterms are coming up at the end of this year, in right. November. Right. All those, so all the Congress and Senate could be flipped by you know, January of next year. Right. There's talk about packing the court. They've been talking about this from the get-go. Right. If there's ever going to be a, if they're ever going to pack the court, now's the time. Yeah. Be- before the election. Yep. And which, in one sense, if the Democrats feel like they're going to lose big in the election, and everyone's saying they will, then, because packing the court is not going to be a popular opinion. You're no. going to, you're going to make maybe 10% of the population who are uber progressive really happy. Yep. And you're going to just, Take off everybody else. But yep. if you think you're going to completely blow the, through, like you're going to get swamped and totally lose, then there's more motivation. Like, well, we're not going to convince them. We're not really going for votes here because we're already going to get right. blown out of the water. Um, but I, I don't think they have the votes in the to, to pack the court. Yeah. The Democrats do. Let's hope not. By the yeah. way, welcome to Simple Politics. Yeah. Good to have you here. <laughs> so I don't think they have the votes for that. They, they, it could happen, but um, that would be... That'd be huge. People talk about it because it, it's good for like rousing up, but it would be huge if they if they packed the court. I mean, everything would change. Yeah. I mean, literally, pack the court next time. I mean, it's just yeah. the whole thing's done. When does it stop? Um, but if that opinion piece holds true, I like as a judge, they're not. They've counted the cost. I'm sure. Yeah, that's you know, it. That they've they've know, they know this, yeah. so they're not going to be swayed. I don't think by just popular opinion or. or those kinds of things. Um, they have an opportunity, the sitting Supreme Court, to um, change history. I mean, literally, biggest cases they've come right. across in, in generations. So that's huge. Um, I think personally, or I should say, as Christians, be praying, like you're saying, praying for that, understanding what's our state going to do about it. What 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 are we as the church going to do about these things? How right. do we respond? Right, because it is easy, and and people often often criticize. Well, the Christians they just want to end abortion, but they don't want to take care of the babies, right? Yeah. Which is, I get that criticism, but we don't apply that logic elsewhere. We don't say, listen, no. let the Nazis kill the Jews because they don't want to take care of the Jews. Right. It's like, well, I guess if you don't want to, no, like a life is a life. That's it. Like yes, we need to provide for the the unborn or the the, the those who are born out of wedlock, who, the parents don't want them. All those things, Amen. Yes, but that has no bearing 
on whether it's right to kill or not to kill. Right. Spot on. Not to mention Christians are the largest demographic that participate in adoption. Absolutely. By far. Yeah. So, so anyway, so having said all that, like it, it's good to, to be praying. It's going to be thinking, what are we going to do about this? How do we respond? And again, responding with humility, a heart of compassion. And like to the world, the Bible says the way of Christ is, is the aroma of life to those who are believers. It's, yep. a, it's the aroma of death. Like to the world, this, yeah. yeah. So we're not surprised that people are so angry about this. I mean, it's like the idea that life has intrinsic value because they're made in God's image, right? So, oh. excuse me. I just feel like the 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 heart of um, some people is like they just want. It's just like I want to win. I just want to be on the winning team, mm-hmm. and and um, we need to praise the Lord for what where we're at. I mean. People said back in the 90s, like, abortion is just going to go crazy. Like, it's just going to get worse. Yeah. And in the mid two thousand, like, 2008, 9, 10, somewhere, somewhere that people are like, you know, with science, all this stuff, like, they see abortion ending. Yeah. And that does seem to be the trend. Yeah. Potentially, but I don't know. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Uh, so, be praying for that. But anything yeah. else to add to any of those topics? No. Okay. Sweet. Thanks for listening, y'all. If you want to know more about the show, head over to simpletheology.org where you can basically find everything about us. And we are on social media, but for goodness sakes, we're not very active. (laughs) So if you want to follow us on there, that'd be wonderful. We're not going to block you. But don't be surprised if you don't hear back (laughs) on things. And that's really just because we're both terrible at social media. So if someone wants to manage that for us, you know how to get in touch with us. Would you let someone just, some rando just manage our social media? Not some rando. No, I'd want to know that the person is pretty solid. So... All that say, you can head over to sometheology.org. Check us out there. One of the ways yes. that you can help the podcast, um, one of the best ways is just mm-hmm. by leaving a five-star review. Yeah. So if you'd be willing to do that on whatever um, podcast app you are listening on, that would be much appreciated. But other than that, peace, peace out. out.